Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pinstripes is the nothing personal word of the day. Today is Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. The word of the day is pinstripes. It's been about 72 hours for Yankee fans and Yankee front office and players to come to grips with the reality that their season ended in complete disappointment, expected disappointment, but disappointment nonetheless. There is no difference when the season starts and everyone predicts that you are going to win 60 games and then the season ends and you win 60 games. That is not a satisfying season. You don't say that you played up to what we thought we were going to be. We played up to our potential. You feel the same winning 60 games, being predicted to win 60, as you do when you win 90 games and you're predicted to win 60 and 90 games does not get you to the playoffs. There is no front office There is no player who goes into a season, no matter how much you're tanking, even the tanking teams all have delusions as they start their season. Hey, we're not tanking. Hey, maybe the owner says we're tanking, but we're going to band together in this group. We're going to look each other in the eyes as men, and we are going to outperform. We are going to find a way to win games. We're going to sign Corbin Burnson and the guy from the Geico commercial or Allstate, and we're going to do great. But the fact is, when you don't do well, no matter what that means and when it happens, every player has the same reaction. They all take a couple of days. They take a couple of days, and they're supposed to before they say anything. There are these exit interviews you do with the training staff when your team loses. It doesn't matter if you lose at the end of the regular season or if you lose in the World Series. Or if you win the World Series, you have an exit interview, an exit physical, a plan, an off-season mental health plan, an off-season physical health plan, and the front office of each team gets to work about 24 to 72 hours after the final game. The reason it depends on timing, if you have a very disappointing end like the Yankees did on Sunday, they're getting back to work on Monday. If you win the World Series, then you're taking an extra couple days because you've got the parade. If you had an amazing year in your mind where you outperformed so the media is laying off you, you can take maybe one extra day. But it's always 24 to 72 hours. And the first thing that the teams are doing, and this is all 30 teams, 
It's just a matter of when, not if. All 30 teams have to start figuring out next year because next year is the most misleading statement in all of sports. And it all started, I think, with Ernie Banks. Wait till next year was the Chicago Cubs line because they never won a World Series. And it really should have been wait till next season. And I don't mean baseball season. I mean almost literally the four seasons of the year. Because right now we're in October. Spring training, this is insane to say, but November in four months, that's a third of a year. Four months, there's a spring training game. So think about that. It's one third of a year. So pinstripes are what the Yankees have, and what the Yankees have is the domino of dominoes. Every year there's free agents where we say this person is going to be the last one to sign or the first one to sign, or this shortstop is going to set the market for the other shortstops. Lindor is going to sign, or Corey Seager is going to sign for $325 million, and then other shortstops will slide in underneath. This is an interesting offseason because I don't recall another situation, and I'd have to think back and go team by team. I don't recall a better platform season for a free agent than Aaron Judge. Now, it's easy to say that because he obviously broke Maris's record. He holds the American League record for home runs. He is likely to win the MVP, though not by landslide, not unanimously, at least in my opinion, but still a historical season because history was invoked throughout this home run chase. That's what makes it historical. The numbers are outstanding, but they're, you know, Stanton's 2017 is quite comparable to Judge's 2022, and people do not look at Stanton's season as historical. They view it as MVP, which he won, but not historical. So it's possible that there's a mislabel going on for Stanton's season in 2019, 2017, excuse me, or an incorrect label for Judge's season in 2022 because the seasons are so, so similar. And frankly, the Marlins missing the playoffs in 17, the Yankees getting to the LCS, that makes the Yankees more uh, um, accomplished. But at the end of the day, all the owners who sit in a room in the November owners meetings, 29 clap, one stands up. There is no difference between the Marlins and the Yankees come the owners meeting in two weeks, literally in two weeks, no difference at all. There is no second place. As Pat Riley loves to say, there's winning and there's misery. And that room is full of misery in a couple of weeks. So how do owners deal with the fact that there is competition amongst them, not just during the season on the field, but also off-season to acquire assets that end up on the field? It's such an interesting business, isn't it? Imagine for a minute the cola wars. This is how I used to think about it, the insanity of competing with my partners because the other teams are your partners. That's the reality. There was an article in yesterday's paper, today's paper, that MLB sponsorship revenue is over a billion dollars. It's it's national revenue. It's an all-time high. Noah Garden, who runs revenue uh, for Major League Baseball, is extremely good at what he does, doing very, very well. And he's doing it for everybody because all 30 teams split every dollar that comes in nationally. When you see all the ads in the postseason in the ballpark, that's all run by Major League Baseball. All the behind-the-plate signs, that is not what teams normally have during the season. Those are national advertisers who are giving money to all 30 teams, not just the teams in the World Series. So 
Those are our partners. Yet we look at our partners and we are in total competition. We don't like them. We're jealous of them. They're jealous of us. Everyone's looking at around the room. We're all guarding our phones. We're all lying to each other about which agents we're speaking to, or which players we're speaking to. It's the opposite of collusion that goes on. It is total misleading about who we're interested in, who we're not. It's the dance that GMs do at their level when they're talking about trades. It's the dance that presidents do at their level when they're talking about what their GMs are doing. And it's the dance that owners do at their level when they say, hey, we let our GMs do their work. Of course, everyone knows that everybody's lying. The Cola Wars, imagine if Pepsi and Coke all have to get syrup from the same place. And there are certain syrup providers that are better than others. And it is a free open market to get that syrup. And that syrup is required to make the cola as good tasting as it can be. That's what owners are doing as they're trying to bid for players. They're trying in a set universe. There's only so many syrup providers. There's only so many major league players who can perform at a high level. And you are bidding against your competition. And you know by definition that if you get the good syrup, you are hurting your competition. Anyone who signs Aaron Judge is hurting the teams who didn't sign him who wanted to. Not everybody is going after the same syrup. RC Cola, as an example, or Shasta. Shasta? Shasta? That's an old soda that Coca may not even know. They're not competing for the good syrup. They're getting the cockroach-infested syrup. Still, it's cola for the non-discerning people. That's what the Aaron Judge sweepstakes are, the syrup sweepstakes. So we're already seeing things that put a smile to my face. Whether they're rumors, whether they're unsubstantiated, whether they are projections, whether they're opinions, whether they are directed leaks, the type of which we've talked about for years on this show, you are going to start reading things that will make you pull your hair out if you live and die as a Yankee fan. Because you will think after yesterday, my God, he's going to the San Francisco Giants. Then there'll be a time that you'll think, my God, he's going to be a Dodger. Then you'll read into everything that Aaron Judge says, or Aaron Boone, or Hal Steinbrenner, or Brian Cashman. Just two days ago, Aaron Judge talked about his free agency in a way that on one hand makes you say he's leaving the Yankees. And then the next sentence, oh, he's definitely not leaving the Yankees. It's brilliant. Aaron Judge's agents get together with him, and this was during the postseason, during the regular season, since the postseason ended. It's not like Aaron Judge disappeared for a week and said, that's it, don't call me, not interested, not answering my phone. Players say that a lot to front office. Hey, don't bother me, I'm not gonna answer my phone, but believe me, they're answering their phone to people who they wanna talk to. If they're not answering your call, it's sort of the situation with everybody. People who don't answer your call and your name is in their phone, they're making a decision not to answer your call, me included. If anyone who presses decline, you've been declined. You've been the declinor then the declinee. It's okay. It doesn't mean that I don't love you. It just means that I can't talk at the moment or I don't have the energy to talk at the moment or I have nothing to add to the conversation at the moment or I know why you're calling and I got nothing to say. When Aaron Judge calls his agent, if his agent has nothing to say, 
he may not take the call. Bad example, agents always take calls of players because if they don't, they're so worried that they will drop their agent and go to another agent. Friends don't necessarily worry like that. Front offices don't worry like that. When a player of ours doesn't take my call, I never got offended, I never got upset. I said, all right, they'll take my call next time. Now, if I've got something to say, I'm gonna make sure that I text a message saying, hey, this is important, return my call. But don't be the man who cries fire at the movie theater. When you have something important to say, it better be important, or else the next time, you're gonna get declined again. So Aaron Judge was wistful about his opportunity to be Yankee, and he was able to articulate it in a really cool way. Getting the chance to wear the pinstripes and play right field at Yankee Stadium, it's an incredible honor that I definitely didn't take for granted at any point. All right, that's a great sentence. Very, very smart. Does that tell you he's going to be a Yankee or not? Hmm. This is never fun, but I think I'll, it'll definitely make when we finally get there and secure this thing, it'll make it a lot sweeter. Going through the tough times like this, that's for sure. Wow, that sounds like someone who wants to be a Yankee, doesn't it? Unfinished business? That's what Yankee fans are hoping, that Aaron Judge has unfinished business that keeps him in pinstripes. Well, guess what? All of these statements that make you both excited and not excited about him, they're all equally meaningless. Aaron Judge does not know as he sits here today whether or not he's going to be a Yankee. He is not the type of player when you are at that level where he is saying, whatever they offer, I'm going to take. If that were the case, he would have taken the 213, which was an extremely aggressive offer before this season started. His desire to bet on himself was also an indication that he is not married to the Yankees. And I don't mean married like thou married. I mean married as in, I want to be a Yankee my whole career. The way Derek Jeter is an example, the way Robin Yount is an example, they were married to their teams and they were not going to leave their teams. Other people say that, but very, very few players mean that. Aaron Judge was asked about Giancarlo Stanton and his huge contract. He was asked about Garrett Cole and his huge contract. And he responded in a brilliant way, saying, hey, Giancarlo Stanton signed his contract. He wasn't a free agent. That was a contract extension. Quite true. I was literally there. Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees as a free agent, but that's the only team he ever wanted to play for. Not mentioned was the fact that the Yankees bid more for Garrett Cole at $320 million than anybody else had bid. But that said, Garrett Cole had made it very clear that he wanted to pitch for the Yankees. Nobody ever says they want to pitch for the Marlins or the Reds or the Brewers, right? The Red Sox, even the Cubs, even the Dodgers. People just, maybe Clayton Kershaw says, I love pitching for the Dodgers, Maybe. But people for the Yankees do, Garrett Cole did. Aaron Judge was click, was click. Aaron Judge, that's a funny little thought because I'm thinking about James Click, the GM and president of baseball operations for the Houston Astros, who's very much in my head right now as the Astros are ready to start the World Series on Friday. But Aaron Judge saying, hey, don't compare me to Cole and Stanton. What he was saying is, I'm a real free agent. I didn't take the 213 last season, and I am going to see what's out there which is code for, I'm going to wait to see what other offers are there and what the amount is, so then I can go to the Yankees for a last look. When you've got your own player who's a free agent who you want to retain, you generally say to the player, 
and the agent, but separately, because you want to make sure the player is being communicated to, you say, listen, just don't accept a deal from anyone without coming back. Give us a chance to match. Smart players say no to that. If your opponent knows that you have a right to match, and this goes for any contract any of you ever execute. This goes for your lease contracts. This goes for your employment contracts. This goes for advertising deals. When you offer a right of first refusal or a right to match, that has a quashing impact on your ability to maximize your profit and your revenue. Because the competition looks at that provision and says, what am I even wasting my time for? I don't even need to engage because I could lose the business anyway. So I'm not gonna spend money to come up with a great pitch or a great offer and then just have you take that offer to another company, your original company, and they say, all right, great, I'll match it. I never wanted to engage with that sort of thing. Our media deals had a right of first refusal and a right to match, and that was always a tough, tough clause to negotiate because they demanded it. So Cablevision and then Fox all demanded that, and you fight with them over that because you know when it's time to maximize your broadcast revenue, that if you're trying to switch cable companies or switch providers or switch regional networks for getting the health of the regional network business, just in general, when you're trying to get more money for your uh, broadcast rights, when the competition knew that Fox had this right to match, they were like, forget it. We're not offering you anything. In baseball, however, there is no great risk and no great cost of the right to match because the level of player loyalty is de minimis. So what I mean by that is, it's such a closed market. You've got 30 teams. Are 30 teams in Aaron Judge's future? Of course not. What are the total number of teams who could be bidding? It's not where you've got Amazon and Apple and Comcast and Discovery and you just, it's not that huge number of people, right? Huge number of companies where there could be a surprise company out there. You've got the San Francisco Giants who have indicated they want Aaron Judge. You have the New York Yankees who are capable of signing him. Let me think who else. The Dodgers have said they would move Mookie Betts to second base. They would let Trey Turner go and they would sign Aaron Judge. I love that. Are they trying to get the Yankees to pay more? Nah, they may do that. It's not like Andrew Friedman, but it's not impossible. So Dodgers, Giants, he's from the West Coast. It's perfect. It makes great sense. Players don't think about that. Giancarlo wanted to go to the West Coast too. He was very happy to go to the Yankees. Very happy to sign the deal with the Marlins. It's about the money, folks. So we've got the Giants, the Dodgers, the Yankees. Who else? The Cubs? No. The Rays, they're funny when they bid on these free agents. No chance. Marlins, negative. Phillies, they're taken. Astros, no. I can't think of anyone else. The surprise mystery team is like the mystery managerial candidate. So let's just pretend there's a surprise mystery team. You've got four teams bidding for Aaron Judge. Therefore, if I'm the Yankees, I'm definitely saying to Aaron Judge, hey, go out there and see what these three teams have and then come back to me. 
You know what we already offered you. You know we're about to offer you more, but come back. Aaron Judge doesn't need to make his decision today or tomorrow or this week or next week. He's not going to. This is not going to be a fast sign. This is not one of those things that in the month of November, Aaron Judge will choose a team and the best offer will come because agents know that the best offers come in the month of December, sometimes even in January. So Yankee fans, pinstripe fans, everybody breathe. Aaron Judge will be a Yankee again. It's a matter of when, not if, and it'll be interesting to see the number. That's it. What number makes Aaron Judge feel good that you've recognized his season? And what number makes the Yankees feel as though they are not overpaying more than they want to? Because make no mistake, Aaron Judge will never have another season like he had in 2022. It was a historical season. And the definition of a historical season is that it's historical. If you have a historical season every year, then none of the seasons are historical. That's just how the seasons are. Everything fell into place for Aaron Judge. He played 157 games. This is an injury-prone player. This is a big body. Aaron Judge is playing next season at 31. You think he's going to keep going with 62 if he's clean, which he is. At 62, which he likely is. He never tested positive, so he's clean. 62 and 130, are you expecting an OPS over 1,000 every year if you sign him to an eight-year deal? Find me the last player who did that. Aaron Judge's contract has a better chance of being a Pujols contract than it does of being, I'm trying to think of a long position player contract where you said, my God, this has been worth it every single year. I can't even think of one. He is not 27 years old. He's 31. The stats are the stats, and Aaron Judge is not going to have a different outcome. The stats say that when you are 31, you have turned the corner, and you are heading down the hill. You are on the back nine of your productivity. Sad but true. Not on the back nine of your life, but on the back nine of your productivity. So you will have three to four years, maybe five of great production, maybe if you're lucky. You know the last year or three or four, depending on the length of the contract, are going to be write-offs. You know very well that having Aaron Judge on your team doesn't guarantee you a ring because the Yankees have Aaron Judge on their team, and it didn't guarantee them a ring. So put on your seatbelt. Get ready. The pinstripes are going to be in the news every single day. Don't get too high or too low, but I'll give you a wait to see, and we're going to book it as official. Aaron Judge is re-signing with the Yankees. Too little, too late from Jalen Brown and Aaron Donald. I, I hope that you listened to yesterday's show. Did you? Yesterday's show started with, I believe, a 12-minute and 40-second segment on yay and on anti-Semitism, on Adidas being late to the cancel party. I don't even know why I called it a party. That's a terrible word. It's not a party. Although we say communist party, we say socialist party, we say democratic party. Maybe racist is also a party. So once Adidas dropped him, it was a matter of when, not if. The way you use that, in case you're wondering, when you say if 
That is a conditional word. That means you do not believe that what is happening or what you are projecting to happen is going to happen or it's less likely to happen than likely. When you say when, that means it's going to happen. So I'll see you. You don't say I'll see you tomorrow if the sun rises because it's a guarantee the sun will rise. So you say I'll see you tomorrow when the sun rises. It was a matter of when, not if. People were going to cancel. Yay. It's too bad that it took this long. I guess that's where anti-Semitism ranks in the racist Olympics, which Jewish people don't play, by the way. But many other people do. They rank racism, and I'm not going to do that. But when I'm advising people how to react, you have to try to not be on the wrong side of history. You have to try really hard to get the timing right. Two days ago, Jalen Brown, one of the stars of the Boston Celtics, who is represented by an agency that it was started and owned by Kanye West, formerly known as Kanye West. I don't know. I guess his name is now Yeezy or Ye. Ye. Jalen Brown was one of the two players along with Jason Tatum who brought the Celtics all the way last year. All the way. What did they lose in the finals, Coca? I think they lost in the finals. Two days ago, Jalen Brown came out with a statement where he supported staying with K, uh, Ye West. He tried to separate himself from the anti-Semitism, but didn't separate himself from the anti-Semite. He played the ultimate game of art versus artist. It didn't age well. Because yesterday, one day after that, he had a brand new outlook. The brand new outlook begins with a statement that always has the same five words. Jalen Brown's official statement had the same five words. In the past 24 hours, those are my favorite five words of a statement because it means that something happened. The great epiphany happened in the last 24 hours. That epiphany had something to do with his wallet. It had nothing to do with a change of heart or a difference of opinion. It had to do with a recognition that he was on the wrong side of history. In the past 24 hours, I've been able to reflect and better understand how my previous statements lack clarity in expressing my stance against recent insensitive public remarks and actions. For that, I apologize. Which part, Jalen? Are you apologizing that it took you so long to start your 24 hours of reflection? Or are you apologizing for the original statement you made and then the pushback and feedback you got the fact that you were boarding the cancel train and you said, I'm not doubling down like yay. I'm not quadrupling down like yay. Instead, I'm jumping off the train because it's never too late to jump. It just may require an extra roll or two. Jalen Brown had to do the extra roll or four. For that, I apologize. And in this, I seek to be as clear as possible little hint when you are jumping off the train that is about to crash. <laughs> you were always clear. You don't say to people, hey, 
before I was foggy and now I'm clear. Because we all know you've been clear the whole time. So you don't say, I seek to be as clear as possible. What you say is, I seek to tell you that I've changed my mind. I recognize the error of my ways. He continued, Jalen Brown did. After sharing in conversations, I now recognize that there are times when my voice and my position can't coexist in spaces that don't correspond with my stance or my values. And for that reason, I am terminating my association with Donda Sports. Wow. The day before, he wasn't terminating his relationship or his association with Donda Sports. Adidas then abandons him. The train has left the station. It's approaching bullet train speed. And then he says, it's for that reason I'm terminating my association? Because he had conversations? What was going on the past two weeks or two years of conversations? When he signed up to be with Kanye West, he just learned who Kanye West is? I'm giving Jalen Brown credit for jumping off the train. I'm not giving him help for the injuries sustained because the train was moving so fast. There were two players represented by Ye. One was Jalen Brown. The other was a very famous football player named Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald also was with Ye and Donda Sports. And somehow, in a fit of miraculous coincidence, he dropped Donda Sports yesterday as well after Adidas. And he said, and I want to get this exactly right for you, our family has made the decision to part ways with Donda Sports. The recent comments and displays of hate and anti-Semitism are the exact opposite of how we choose to live our lives and raise our children. We find them to be irresponsible and go against everything we believe in as a family. Aaron Donald, I have great respect for you on the field. I just would ask you to answer this one question, if you wouldn't mind, and I'd love to have you on the show to discuss. Why today? Copycat? Concern? You had to have clarification on whether or not Ye was racist or whether or not he was an anti-Semite? Or were you taking the temperature of whether or not you could stay and whether or not you needed to be loyal to Kanye? Was it only when you realized that you had no chance to not be associated, you had no chance but to leave, that you then decided that everything that Kanye stands for is what you and your family do not hold to be true and valid? Again, I give credit to Aaron Donald for jumping off the train, but I am not driving him to the hospital. The president of Donda Sports, Antonio Brown, has quadrupled down with Kanye West. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. 
He released a statement today. You should check it out. I'm not even giving it oxygen. I'm not reading one word about it. Actually, you shouldn't check it out. We know Antonio Brown. We know everything about Antonio Brown. And he and Kanye West are going into the Thelman Louise Canyon together holding hands. Good luck and good riddance. Okay. When we come back, oh, I finished a show I can't wait to talk about. I cannot wait to talk about it. I also have an update about the NFL and the officials and the autograph that will make you smile. And then we have something serious to talk about that's going on in Russia that really bothered me yesterday. We'll be right back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you for rating, reviewing, and all the things you're doing. There was an article in today's New York Times, which I was reading when it turned into today. So that was a few hours ago. And uh, it was talking about all the different social media apps and which are healthy and which are not and which are going to be around and which are not. And, of course, it had things to say about Facebook or Meta and things about TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter. And it talked about the new site, Be Real, and the things that young people are doing and old people are doing. And it made me smile. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, just not Facebook. All right. Yesterday was the last episode. I finished a 10-week run of The Patient with Steve Carell and Dom Hall Gleason. You know my love of Gleason because About Time is one of my favorite movies. He's the son of Brendan Gleason from In Bruges, which I love. Love that family. Steve Carell, you know how I love him from Morning Show, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty, everything he's done. The Patient on Hulu is a 10-episode arc about a therapist who is dealing with a serial killer. And I want to talk about the final episode. So I've been thinking the entire night about how to talk about this episode and talk about the series without spoiling. And did I not say Dono? Okay. I didn't say the M. Oh, I said Dome Hall. It's Donal. Okay. I thought it was, okay, ready? Donal. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Gleason. You are correct. Thank you, Coco. So I don't want to spoil it, but I need to explain to you what happens at the end in a way that makes you watch the beginning. There are people, if you, some people read spoilers, some people read half spoilers. What people are saying about the end of the patient is that there was a problem in their mind because it was not what they expected. Why is it when we watch a show that it is required that every show has a certain ending? 
maybe it's a happy ending, maybe it's a tragic ending, but it's the expected ending or it's the way that we do the ending in our minds. Whether you're reading a book or watching a show or whether you're having a conversation, whether it's real life or scripted or unscripted, don't you all do the same thing that I do? Maybe it's just me and my crazy brain, but every time I'm having a conversation with anybody, I'm always picturing where the conversation ends, where I want it to end, where I think it'll end, where I need it to end. And then when it doesn't end that way, there's a level of disappointment on me because I didn't predict it correctly. Or what did I miss? What variables did I not put in the mixer that ended with a conclusion that was incorrect? We all do that when we're watching a movie, we try to predict what's happening next. And then we try to have confirmation. I was like, oh, I knew that was gonna happen. I said that was gonna happen. I wanted that to happen. That felt good. And then you think about all the focus groups who are watching the end of movies and the end of many movies are done with focus groups and then some of the end of movies are changed if focus groups don't like the end or they need a different end or feel a different end. And generally people when they're watching scripted television or movies want to feel good. But yet there's some things that just don't feel good. It doesn't matter where the patient ends, whether you feel good or don't feel good, whether it's what you expected or what you didn't expect. I'm talking about the concept. The concept of a show is that there are writers of a show. Imagine somebody writing your conversations for you. All the awkwardness you feel when you meet someone for the first time. Imagine if you had someone in your ear giving you the lines. There's been movies about this like Saving Silverman where people are able to understand what other people are thinking like in What Women Want with Mel Gibson, the man formerly known as Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. Wouldn't it be easier if you always knew how everything ended? You would never argue with anyone you work with. You'd never argue with your significant other because if you knew the conclusion, you knew the likelihood of success, right? Then you just get to that point. If you know where every negotiation is going to end, you don't negotiate. You just get to the end and you both realize that's where it was going to end because you were told that's where it's going to end. There's a writer's room, a great show about a writer's room. I just watched with, uh, oh my God, Coca, help me on a random Wednesday. Um, um, <laughs> Paul Reiser is in it. I'm watching it right now. There's a new episode out every day, and it's on Hulu, and it's with Johnny Knoxville and uh, Paul Reiser, and it is called a show that I haven't reviewed yet, but I'm going to once it finishes, and I told you to watch it, but you didn't. It is called Reboot. Yes. Reboot, part of in, in Reboot, which we're not reviewing today, is it shows a writer's room and stuff that goes on in a writer's room. Judy Greer's in it too. There are professionals who are writing the scripted shows that you watch. There are professionals who are choreographing the unscripted shows that you watch. Why can't we have a belief that other people can do something better than we can? Don't we fly in an airplane? because we assume that mechanics know how to build a plane better than we can or drive a car or turn on a light. We don't, uh, we don't attach the electricity when we move into an apartment or walk into a room, do we? Can't we assume that writers of shows do better than we do, know better than we do? Give the patient a chance. Do not read about the finale and say, that's it, I'm not doing it. It is going to win Emmys. Both Donal and Steve Carell are very likely to win Emmys for their performance in this show. It's called The Patient. It's on Hulu. It's 10 episodes. There are 30 to 40 minutes each. You will get through it in a day. 
I had to watch it once a week. You can get through it in a day, and it will be worth your time. Okay, two updates to give you. I did an entire segment yesterday about officials and umpires and memorabilia, and it came because there were NFL umpires and referees who asked for Mike Evans' autograph after a game, and I was very, very harsh and funny about that and how stupid the referees are. Why do it in the tunnel like that? And I gave you a wait to see yesterday. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. And if it doesn't, I revisit it. Well, I'm revisiting yesterday's wait to see where I said the officials are going to be suspended for their actions. And that I got wrong. Because it turns out, here's what the NFL is going with. The NFL is confirming that the post-game interaction did not involve a request by the game officials for an autograph. It turns out they were exchanging phone numbers because they wanted to golf somewhere or it was some such nonsense. I'm not buying it for a second. The NFL is so interested in making sure that the integrity is never questioned. They could care less about misogyny or racism or violence. But don't screw with our gambling. Don't for one second impugn our integrity so we're going to investigate and we're going to be super quick we're not going to ask for the paper we're not going to go to the videotape we're going to speak to the referees and say autograph nah it was a phone number ah we're just trying to golf give me a break i'm still taking a no on the wait to see because they're not getting suspended and they're totally off the hook believe me you will never see again ever an NFL referee get a phone number from a player when there are cameras around. Never. Second update. We got word yesterday, we've done a few segments about the NBA player who is detained in Russia who was found when she was flying there to play off-season women's basketball. She was found, a WNBA player, was found to have two containers of hashish oil, cannabis oil, which means a vape pen. And she was sentenced to nine years in prison and appealed. Yesterday, her appeal was denied. I want to explain what that means. Because in Russia, it means something totally different than the United States because in the United States, we're free. There was no chance, and she knew it, Griner knew it, that she was not going to win her appeal. The sentence was not going to be reduced on appeal. She is merely now a chess piece in a game of checkers being played between the U.S. and Russia. There is the war in Ukraine that's involved. There are other political prisoners who are involved. There is diplomacy that's involved. There's nuclear disarmament involved. There are myriad things involved, none of which involve basketball or weed. She did not wake up today with less hope of coming home to her wife and family. She did not wake up today with more hope. She is going to be in prison until the United States agrees to a prisoner trade. Until the United States gives someone to Russia, Russia will not give her to the United States. I'm not even convinced that after nine years that they're going to let her go. She is simply a victim in a war that has no name and has been going on for decades. 
centuries. It is where innocent people get caught up in a circumstance not of their own doing, in a story that is bigger than they are, and that is another definition of a casualty of war. You don't have to die on a battlefield to be a casualty of war. You can be a victim the way she is today. Joe Biden as President of the United States is deciding with his advisors what her life is worth. It's negotiating with terrorists. It doesn't feel good to the families when you take a stance that you're not going to negotiate with terrorists when your family is the one who's being held political prisoner. Unfortunately, there are very few countries, successful countries, who are governed by the needs of the one versus the needs of the many. The concern I have for her is that her time in prison in Russia will be far greater than it should be, given it should be zero. It already is. Because of what's going on with Russia, Ukraine, and the U.S. But don't use the news of yesterday as all of a sudden a seminal change in her position. Because she doesn't, Biden doesn't, Putin doesn't. And all we can do is pray that a trade gets made. It will be the most important trade of her life, that's for sure. Nothing personal pick of the day. <clears throat> We're cold. We're on a cold streak. I thought without Zion Williamson, the Mavericks and Luka should win the game. Not only did they not cover, they didn't even win. We're down to 122 and 100. We lost our 100th game right around Halloween, and we just lost our 100th game. I want to talk to you a little bit about the game tonight that I'm going to watch. Bucks minus four over the Nets. Don't hang up yet on this show because we've talked about the Nets situation for so long with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, that big three. Have you watched Ben Simmons yet? The Nets are the biggest collection of misfits this side of the Dodgers. Oh my God, Coca, ready? Four, eight, nine. The Nets are the biggest set of misfits this side of the Lakers. Already, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, it's a total unmitigated disaster. They haven't even won a game. The Nets with Ben Simmons, he's fouled out of more games this season. I think two out of the first three games. He has more fouls than points. Hardly a member of the big three. Hardly worthy of being called a big three. The Nets have a problem, and it involves having a big two, but paying a big three. The Milwaukee Bucks are a far better team with Giannis being the best player on either team. When you've got a situation like that, it's going to slide a little bit further south before it gets better, and it will only get better when something happens with Ben Simmons that could include his benching, it could include his release, a trade, something, because it's not going to work out for Brooklyn. Bucks minus four over the Nets. That's our pick of the day. We will definitely be back tomorrow. I assure you, it's just business. This is nothing personal. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.